It's been a while. A couple of weeks of slowing down, taking a breath, digesting, or so it seems. In the course of the past few weeks, most restrictions in the Czech Republic have loosened up and life seems to be slowly morphing into a form we perceive as normal. We are now able to ditch the delivery service and eat our meals in restaurants again. We can hang out with friends outside without having to worry about possibly getting fined. And we can travel into the neighboring countries without needing to have a specific reason. It seems like the life we all know and cherish. But things have changed. In order to get through these difficult months, the pandemic has forced us to pay closer attention to our surroundings and what is happening in the world. We have become more sensitive. We've become more aware. Aware of the systemic issues that can no longer hide under society's warm blanket of denial and ignorance. Aware of the fact that in order to change anything, we need to stop being silent and use our privilege. To listen and amplify the voices of minorities. To tackle a system that is based on white supremacy. Use our privilege to actively keep our planet from dying. We need to hold ourselves accountable. Whether it is climate change, systemic racism, or the fatal consequences of COVID-19. All of these things have one thing in common. They're products of a doomed political system that can no longer exist the way it has until now. Until further notice, here's our podcast. We are supposed to talk about heat, warmness, hotness, maybe blaze, fervor, or zeal. So let's actually burn the beginning uh, with all those options we've got before we got swelled with the heat. Uh, there's at least five layers that I uh, deciphered so far with this topic. First of all, it's it's a feeling, it's an emotion, and that's uh, definitely an option how to talk about serious issues like global warm, uh, like global climate change with a more humane touch. Secondly, there is a history. <laughs> like with everything, even heat has its own uh, genealogy. And uh, the most general uh, feature of that genealogy is, of course, that heat or warm, warmness, hotness was uh, usually uh, connected to this uh, comfort to uh, this homeliness of uh, being somewhere inside. Well, today we actually uh, see the shift where warm, being warm, being hot is actually something dangerous, something connected to this, you know, crazy outside that keeps changing so quickly. Then, uh, of course, we don't, we can't forget that uh, heat is metabolical concept. So wherever you have some heat, you have something being burned, some energy, being the fossil fuels, be it our um, human force fighting uh, the burning of fossil fuels. Uh, fourthly, uh, we have the heat of the screen. 
uh, that pertains to all those uh, hyper-mediated debates uh, about uh, you know some various catastrophes uh, looming around the world. And uh, last but not least, we have the heat of the discussions uh, between, let's say, uh, the ecological part and those who still somehow oppose uh, the idea of climate change being really caused by humans. So this from my part would be the five layers that we can unravel at this moment. I'm looking forward for discussing particularly the media representations with Andrea here and maybe uh, Yen will also force us to be even more sharp with uh, some uh, thesis claims, something that we can actually use while dealing with the war. Okay, so. thank you. Mm -hmm. thank, thanks so much, uh, Václav, for opening the discussion and for finding or defining these these five layers, which are important for you. Uh, for me, it's interesting to think about the the heat in terms how we how we imagine it, and and the, the ways how actually we we try nowadays when we talk about the, the climate change and the heat in this dangerous. Uh, in this dangerous way, which which is here to threaten us as a humankind, to threaten the planet, to threaten the way how we've been here uh, for uh, for for hundreds of years now. So for me, it's very important to, to understand the, the the images of climate change as something crucial for for uh, for the whole discussion because the, the the climatology and the natural sciences and the social sciences as well all the, the all the fields which nowadays intervene into the discussion about the climate change they cannot work without tools of visualization actually images are crucial for us to understand uh, the trajectory of changes without the images we can't see the changes the the images are substantial for understanding that something is happening that something is the threat now that something which used to be as you as as you as you pointed out uh, something which used to be perceived as a positive phenomenon has been turned into something dangerous so this is probably the main point which i see here that the images are completely crucial for the whole discussion for the way how we understand how we imagine the climate change because without them we cannot see that something is changing and then uh, when you kind of uh, revealed for us and for yourself as well uh, these five layers of heat, then I would like to add that what I can see when we are discussing the, uh, the, the issue of images of climate change, that I can see three images, uh, three types of images which are related to the issue of climate change. The first are representations. This is the first kind which I, which I find for myself. Representations are here as an outcome uh, of some visualization. So, for example, those are the images which come from popular culture, which come from media. Those are also scientific uh, graphs and maps which dominate the, the discourse, scientific discourse on climate change. So, for me, these are uh, the images which cannot be, which cannot be here, which cannot exist without the tools of visualization. And then different images which we have here are the concepts. This is a different category, a second category of images, 
concepts, uh, which are mental images, which come from a collective memory, which derive from our imagination. And here I find that we have a lack of some one one strong symbol which defines what, 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 how we understand collectively uh, the, the the climate change, and this is also for me the, the the very problematic moment that actually we are missing this collective symbol that we all can agree on that this is the symbol of climate change, which which uh, has a strong impact on all of us in terms of emotions, in terms of social action. And then uh, these are there are also like other images, the, th the third kind of images, and those are appearances, which come here through social media. They come and they hit us. They are here, here and now. They are performative. And they come, they have a strong emotional effect on us, and they completely disappear. So these are the images when, for example, people like um, uh, everyday people, average people, or, or, or uh, citizen journalism uh, would be a part of this, when people actually take their phones and they will record the action when there is some flood happening when there is there is drought happening so then then these are the situations when some catastrophe is happening and people share it and they understand the the, the, the importance of the climate change but they are here and now and then they disappear so this is how I understand that we have actually various images, not only like from different sources like media or popular culture, but that we have different understanding to different types of images like representations, concepts, and these performative appearances. Andrea, thanks a lot for, for the introduction of the topic of the role of images in this discourse. I would be curious to know also, uh, to hear something maybe from Václav or also from you, what is the role of language in all this? Because the way how we communicate these informations also verbally or through text uh, is of an utmost importance. I think it was the... I think it was The Guardian who published last year a statement saying that uh, they're changing the rhetorics they're going to use uh, in their articles from uh, shifts like from the word uh, climate change to climate crisis. These little differences can actually uh, change a lot in our common perception. Can you please talk about this topic and maybe connect it with the role of image? Uh, yep. Thanks for that. I think that it's a, it's, it's a pretty important because uh, I've just covered like the, 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 the images which are of the of the visual origin, but the verbal images like the metaphors are completely crucial as well. Because um, as I said, uh, in our imagination, it, it's you know the climate change is such a big object. It's something which is it's a, it's a processual. It's something which which doesn't start, which doesn't end at this moment. It's just a pure happening. And and how you can imagine, how you can grasp it, it has a global impact. But actually, today I feel pretty good. I'm I'm happy. I'm healthy. I have good friends around me. So is is it something really happening? Is this like the crisis look? like I don't feel so but the verbal images they really help us to, 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 to perceive the emotional impact emotional effect of, of the climate change and the 
the threat, the crisis, the presence of it. And then these metaphors, verbal images are super important. Just just think about the, the way how we, how we actually, uh, in our uh, everyday language, how we use, for example, the metaphors to understand what is ozone hole. We whole is really important. The whole is something which you don't want to have present, for example, in your garden or on your clothing. It's, it's something which is like wrongly there. It's not supposed to be there. Or when we are using for climate changes, if floods are happening or some hurricanes are happening. So then there is that moment of nature's revenge. Revenge. Oh my God, I made something wrong and now it's coming back to me. And then also, for example, the, the verbal metaphor of, of red planet, the red planet. Also in popular culture, it's important to say the red planet is usually connected with Mars and with, with our uh, adventures and challenges and also a need to get to a new planet because the Earth just happened to be uninhabitable anymore. So at that moment, the red planet is something like the red color is always the color of the threat of the dangerous uh, of the dangerous situation. So the verbal images and the way how we how we use them is completely important uh, for for the way uh, how we understand the crisis that actually it's here, it's present, and it can have a strong effect on us. And this is something that scientific data really cannot do. Václava, can you maybe uh, add something about? Uh the impact of language of our understanding of this problem? Well, so far, uh, I think we almost made a mistake by uh, simply beginning with the assumption that, you know, that there is climate change, we caused it, we have to do something, we have to represent it in a correct way, we have to support, you know, Guardian or some progressive media that actually do their job by, uh, you know, popularizing all those issues that are so important. On the other hand, there uh, still is no consensus, uh, particularly in Czech Republic. And there, that is where actually the importance of language comes in. Because it's not only the language of representation and visual language that is like uh, super important, but still, uh, maybe, maybe I'll continue with one story that just happened to me. Uh, yes, the day before yesterday, while I was in a pub, just having like normal friendly conversation and somebody like, uh, tackled me. Somebody almost attacked me with uh, with uh, this quest with this non-question that I'm supposedly the anti-capitalist, so I have to explain him everything, and I have to, uh, and he will unravel how actually stupid I am to think that socialism is a thing or something, you know. And uh, of course, global com global climate change comes in mind all, uh, immediately. So, uh, what to do in those situations? Well. I don't know, but uh, maybe we can uh, maybe we can even avoid them in terms of making uh, more uh, democratic language, language that would be not pertaining to only to our community, not you know uh, persuading the persuaded ones, but language that would have some sort of uh, some sort of fervor, latency, and uh, be aware that that's also a synonym of heat and warmth. Uh, the you know the zealousness, the blaze, uh, the fervor that we need to somehow infuse or use in our language. How to talk uh, not only about climate change, but how to talk about even more general issues like solidarity, like you know post-colonialism, and how to mainly how to uh, how. To
use them in the mainstream language. That's what really interests me. But do you have some uh, particular examples or ideas how to construct such a language? Uh, there are avenues that are somehow being tested both politically and philosophically. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't want to uh, flood us with references, but let's uh, let us at least mention Franco before Berardi, who has this thesis about, you know, uh, poetry. He says that our language in general, not only like language pertaining to, to politics or, um, you know, environmental issues, but our our Contemporary language has been managerialized, has been colonized by, you know, uh, the corporate culture. And uh, it, it, w w w the reasons are obvious, you know, communication, the smoothness of uh, uh, information circulation, uh, this uh, urge for being, you know, uh, received and understood this uh, horrible attention economy that we're living through in social media and all these forces are basically uh, you know uh, fighting against our language so we should actually cultivate we should have fun with our language uh, before Berardi he says we should uh, reinvent the erotics of language uh, at least how for instance the ancients uh, and that so let's uh, uh, to be more practical, I don't know. Uh, let's just be zealous. Let's just, you know, uh, don't be afraid of emotions. Let's actually talk about how we feel, whether we are, you know, warm, whether we are cold, whether we are alone, or whether actually we feel some sort of solidarity that can empower us. So if I can react on this, I, I find it super important just to embrace the new ways of communication, just to step step out of the of the academic discourse of of the ways how we understand and and as just nicely uh, articulated. Václav just articulated nicely uh, that to persuade those who has who have been already persuaded, and and for me still I'm thinking also about uh, about the, the the visual representations, about the images, about the visuals in general. So um, so they are actually uh, they are the. the Sometimes we, we think about them uh, as, as, as language, which is simplified, which is more actually, which is through simplification is able to, to, to have a strong emotional impact on more people than when there is a discussion happening and when actually the, 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 verbal, the verbal language, the verbal text is used. So then actually the images, the, through their simplification, they have this strategical advantage to talk directly and very quickly to hit us but actually of course then the the, the contextual contextualization and the contextual frames are are losing but at this moment also in in, in visual culture we think about how to talk uh, through images uh, with different epistemic communities that uh, that is really interesting term which was coined by uh, the sociologist Peter Haas and those are the people which have a different uh, economical sociological educational cultural background so they do understand the world differently because they they just see the world differently uh, and also they understand the cl uh, climate change differently because it, it has a different impact on them uh, visible or invisible in different aspects of their lives and and when we think actually how to how to talk uh, through images with different people about climate change then it's very important uh, for me to think about the term uh, counter visuality how to actually uh, 
uh, create a new new visual language which will be which will use this advantage of images to speak quickly uh, with a, with a strong emotional impact on a large audience, but without uh, without uh, without this uh, without this moment of of lacking the context uh, of, of of being uh, uncritical. So this is really for me interesting how to deliver like the, the whole plethora of of different uh, visual languages that can talk to different uh, epistemic communities, to, to different people, how to make them uh, the climate change understandable, how to make it visible in their lives so they feel that it's actually something palpable, so they have to deal with it. So for me, this, uh, these areas of counter-visuality uh, are, 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 are something that should be explored. And there are, for example, uh, people who are trying to deliver a different visual uh, language uh, coming from visual arts or from film and photography. Uh, for example, um, uh, there is a long-term ongoing uh, project, photographic project by Alex Cooper, Globing warming, Global Warming Images. But then we have here also, for example, educative uh, um, uh, games. Uh, then we have here some infographics, uh, which are actually a very playful and we uh, and can, can give us uh, different ways how to understand uh, the data. And gamification of data and gamification of science is super important in this way. So this is what I would like to emphasize that we have to develop strategically uh, to pursue uh, to develop uh, uh, various languages for different uh, epistemic communities how to present them how to make the change the climate change visible to them well obviously the uh, question of delivery or distribution is of the essence in this case right especially since we live in a highly divided society and each of us uh, or like different groups are somehow accustomed to uh, different delivery services of data, which we also see on seemingly democratic platforms as, uh, as social networks were supposed to be, but uh, they're actually the divisive, divisive tool these days more than ever. Uh, so how to actually uh, channel this kind of information if it's created, if it's formed, and uh, how to overcome uh, this current uh, crazy division of the society. Mm -hmm. Well, traditionally, uh, we have described uh, our societies typically as uh, institutionalized forms of consensus. That means that we have to discuss the values, we have to discuss the principles on which, let's say, our functioning as a society uh, works. And now uh, we would simply reverse that definition. Uh, maybe we are societies of institutionalized dissensus. There's so many ruptures. And just uh, to get back to actually our topic, which is again the heat, uh, you know, it seems like it's an emotion, it's just fine, we can we can get, you know, to a shade or to some uh, climatized space 
is uh, cool enough, but actually we're talking about world building and world ending. That's the uh, that's the importance of our language. It's not only a means of communication, but it builds up something that we actually called our presence or our, our world. And now what we are trying to do with, let's say, uh, popularizing the environmental issues and actually, you know, talking about the crisis that we are through already, we are basically shattering the old world as it has been, uh, you know, operating in our language uh, formally. So that's why those people are actually defending their position so fervently. It's not only the rich, uh, it's not only the fossil fuel lobby. No, it's actually actual people, normal working class people. They are being somehow afraid. Uh, they're being, uh, you know, uh, tormented by the idea that the world is not actually so simple as their uh, populistic politicians tend to see it. They're they're so uh, afraid of uh, losing their, you know, simple politics of identity. They're place in the world, in the world that now seems to be so uh, in so much pain and change. So this is what we need to do. And uh, the, the lesson from that, we really have to be careful about emotions. You know, it's, it's not only ecology of uh, matter and energy, it's ecology of emotions. We have to moderate uh, the fervor, the rage that we've got. Uh, I think uh, Greta Thunberg is an example of that. We have to work with uh, with positive emotions uh, like you know solidarity uh, we have to not, nonetheless still work even along those uh, depressions that we feel uh, when we are hopeless uh, facing those big problems so all these emotions are to be you know somehow grasped uh, shared with our language and also with our images but now it feels that we are actually uh, spiraling down uh, into our own discourse, into our language, into uh, our uh, safe space in a way. Maybe we can go back to your uh, little story from the pub. Uh, can you maybe elaborate more on the conversation you had with that guy? Uh, like, how would you, in this direct confrontation, when there is no... Uh, membrane besides the actual space between the two of you. How do you talk to such a person? Well, let's be honest, there are spaces for discussion or some sort of intersection and there are spaces that are actually you know preventing yourself uh, to do so or uh, to attain some sort of discussion and that was you know part of it. Nonetheless, I would be actually eager to talk to who are you know let's say politically you know mooded this way uh, uh, but but usually pop is not the place uh, to be to be more more specific uh, as this story uh, has been really connected to identity politics about you know uh, capitalism and defending capitalism and this binary logic of when you actually you know criticize capitalism then you are a communist or socialist and we really have to get rid this is actually a good example of how to actually work 
in, with more nuanced language. Because we need to escape all those binarities, be it culture, nature, humans, non-humans, uh, capitalists and communists. We really have to uh, derive or create, generate more uh, detailed language. Uh, de language about our, our emotions, about, about our imagination, about our visions. And only then can actually on the horizon uh, appear something that is actually tangible, something that is imaginable, something that could be, you know, this substantial change that we actually need uh, when facing all those problems. How does this uh, diversification or uh, mm, somehow like new forms of language you are talking about now, more complex language, relating to what Andrea was saying before about uh, relaying information through simplified images? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all of this and uh, I'm, I'm just taking my notes and what I'm, 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 I'm here looking at it right now. So I'm thinking, you know, about my experience with, with, uh, uh, with high school and elementary school students and pupils. I really don't know, guys, all of us, we are teachers, but I'm not sure if Václav and Yuyen, you have uh, attended lately <laughs> like the, the elementary and high schools and you talk to, <laughs> to, to young girls no. and boys. So this is what I do pretty frequently, uh, even though I'm a I'm, I'm, I'm teacher at a university. So I, I very much like, uh, like the education also in a, in a, in a lower uh, in a lower level of, of the system and 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 what I what what I very much uh, enjoy with the students is to really like not the not to have a not to have a dialogue which will go directly to the consensus this is something which which Václav uh, which Václav emphasized that this is something which we have to kind of leave um, in the way how we understand our social communication and that we should really get to to the argumentation what I really try to do with them is to use some principles of I don't know let's call it critical pedagogy or radical pedagogy or or, or just or just talk to them directly just don't call it anyhow. I'm just just really trying to, to, to get their opinions and then to confront them with some facts, which I do believe that I have objectively found and I'm educated enough to process these information and to interpret them correctly, even though I always know that I'm presenting some political position here and also I'm teaching them from the... I'm having that conversation from the power of someone who's there, educated and and talking to them as a teacher. But what I really want to have is a real like a dialogue or a multilogue. I don't want to teach them the information. I want to learn what they think about it and then actually to, to go together towards the change. Like this is what I like about uh, the critical pedagogy and for example, the work of Paulo Freire on Henri Giroux, uh, when actually like the aim of the education is not to, to absorb the data and absorb the information, but it's a uh, to build a social consciousness, to build the to, to build the power to change, to transform, to transform yourself, and through your transformation of yours, it, it will expand beyond, and it will beyond 
the limits of who you are and it will affect the other people, the, your community. And this way actually like for me through the community, one to one and one to community, like real like the social transformation can happen. And this is what I like about teaching and education and, and learning, not like the deliver the information and to learn them that this is how to see the world, that this is the consensus and then to, to be a good pupil to know and to deliver the information the way I have just presented it to you. But really, the, 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 not to teach, but to have a conversation towards building the social consciousness. And then, this is the moment when you can have an argument, when you can have a radical disproportional misunderstanding and you have to negotiate and you have in, then, in, invent the language. You know, it's really sometimes difficult to talk to these young boys and girls because we really have a different language and we have very much different experience of the world even though I'm not so old uh, yet. So still, it's, 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 really, it's, it's really so, so, so incredible difficult in some moments but it's really invention of the language the way how it's happening and this is the experience we should all have I very much believe in this and then uh, and, and then my point is that this is like the education and the conversation with others the conversation in a pub Václav just had or the conversation I'm having with the pupils and the high school students so so these are the conversation we should force ourselves to get there us, we should really go uh, out of our limits and, and borders and we should transcend them, these limits. Well, it comes uh, as no surprise that the demographics of uh, people in either in current protests or climate crisis protests or also historically are usually younger people or students. Uh, there is maybe Mm, more space for sensitivity, but what about then uh, the role of uh, the current pandemics? It seems that uh, lots of people either through losing their jobs or actually having more time working from home suddenly found a new form of sensitivity in themselves. Is this a moment or is the momentum uh, which we currently have something we can sustain or how do we build up from this? Uh, it appears like I'm going to be the critical one. So uh, what, what you both just said, I'm, I'm so sympathetic with it. I totally agree. And I would love to be there. Uh, talking about children, you know, every year I'm going to a, a, you know summer camp with the children from the countryside. And it's, of course, it's like super nice experience. On the other hand, when there is any political discussion pertaining to racism or even environmental issues, there always is like this super strong tendency to just reproduce what they heard, mainly from their parents. So uh, wh wh where this brings me... Uh, uh, we uh, and, and actually there was already the word uh, it, it already sounded uh, today that's uh, our the language that we are actually striving for is contra hegemonic okay we are not only doing this like 
nice and beautiful critical community where everyone can double check their information you know no we are actually fighting the mainstream language the the language of those flat you know uh, right wing dystopias that this is the best world and there's no such thing as a society we have to fight this language and uh, again our weapon maybe like poetry art emotions we have to invent new forms of being in the world because the old ones are simply not working you know if and uh, it comes down to this one problem if uh, the vision of good life is gonna be uh, to have you know a uh, suburban uh, house and to have SUV and new grill you know every summer and Croatian vacation then we have lost you know and we have lost everything we have to somehow uh, persuade them or at least open up their mind up until the point that there are that they will see there are so many different you know ways to actually enjoy living and uh, we have a name for it we have a solution and i think it's the art world or at least the art schools uh, for me art uh, as i experience it mainly uh, from the position of a pedagogue uh, art isn't really about like making art objects but it's about cherishing some uh, very nuanced and sometimes very frail and even dangerous and very critical and sometimes even painful art of actually playing with you know images with objects with language so and and in the end of the day with yourself with your identity so art for me is this creative reinvention of ourselves and uh, if we won't defend this i think we will always fail in the you know while facing the politics of identity of the everyday yeah, and my obviously, <laughs> sorry, Andrea, please. Yeah, and, and my response would that uh, be that actually I don't see it only and exclusively on the art schools, but and I know Václav that you didn't say that it's exclusively on art schools, but actually like for me it's like the 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 the, uh, the care uh, towards the the collective imagination, like the to be able to present the life of the others, and also this is the 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 the, the very important work that should be delivered by the media. Really, the, the understanding that there exists the multiplicity, how we see the world, that the, even though the one planet is burning, and again, I'm using very consciously this metaphor, which should immediately spark all the images, so that the planet is burning, but the planet has been, there are multiplied planets for us, because we live in our bubbles, in our small communities, in our different planets that we inhabit at this moment. So I think that this is also the role of the media to be present and to show the politics of difference, to show that there are the other people who face different problems. And this gets me to the to the question uh, posed by Yen, uh, like what about the coronavirus? What is the situation here we are talking? I think that this was very important. The coronavirus uh, experience, this is the, the global experience that was the moment when we've actually we were uh, or we still we have been informed that something on a large global scale is happening when did this for the last time happened when we felt that there is such a strong interconnectivity and that we've all been affected that we when something is really palpable when something is getting so much personal and then we know that this is collectively happening on a global scale and yet at the same time we see that different communities are differently affected by the by the pandemia 
that actually uh, there are people because maybe we still don't know yet, maybe because of their uh, ethnical origin and also for sure because of their social background, because the lack of the social services or healthcare services mostly. So they've been more affected than the others. And also we can see like the different countries because they have a different infrastructure of the politics, of the of the environmental system. Uh, they have a different regional culture. Uh, they have a different ways how to protect the community from uh, above as well as from below. So we can see that they can they are able to deal differently with the crisis. They are inventing what is uh, what is natural to them or what is possible for them. What is given to them in their uh, local situation. And this this kind of this uh, this moment when there comes these contracts of global and local, I think that this is really important moment that we should definitely use to say that we are the one, but actually we are the one in our difference in how different we are. And this is what we should learn and what we should teach and what we should share. There it is, the heat of the discussion. I hear just <laughs> interference now. Sorry, now I lost you. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, yeah yes, we are. Okay. I think we are getting to uh, yeah. slowly to last minutes of the talk. Maybe let's... Uh, okay, I I just uh, listened to, to a podcast a couple of days ago talking about... Uh, uh, maybe a possible Deus Ex Machina moment. Uh, they were actually uh, remembering the moment at the end of 60s uh, when there was a scientific consensus about uh, about the critical danger of, uh, of famines uh, coming in the early 70s. Uh, they were really afraid that the Western society will not be able to sustain itself uh, that the planet is not going to be able to produce enough food. But then in a couple of years, uh, there was a huge technological development in terms of how to deal with agriculture. And suddenly the problem, let's say, disappeared. Well, the oil crisis came instead of that, but uh, that's a different story. I mean, do you see some possibility of uh, some strange intervention coming from uh, unexpected uh, sources which could help us to solve this uh, outside of the topics we were already uh, going through and discussing? Well, uh, th th this is a relevant and actually nice idea. On the other hand, as you uh, already called it, it's a deus ex machina and, you know, we should be very careful when considering some sort of you know eschatology of technology or wh whether we will you know achieve some sort of level uh, of technological advancement that will solve all the issues uh, well we have to brace ourselves all the time it's a political problem you know of course we need technologies and we actually need technologies on our side not on the corporate side as is the, in the moment and that there I see the biggest problem in terms of like technology but on the other hand it's a political problem and you see you see we're finally getting to this kind of heat you know I, I was afraid that we will be swelled by this numbing warmth but then uh, <laughs> the three of us at least and I hope even the those uh, those uh, people that are listening uh, 
we are somehow heated away with uh, just thinking uh, about these these uh, ideas, about articulating them, about uh, uh, like looking uh, for those visions or uh, horizons of our imagination. So I think there should always be some sort of you know uh, not only Deus ex machina, but vision, you know, something, some bright future that we actually fight from. Uh, but it's not entirely technological; it's political issue. Andrea, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think that this is this is something that we should now really focus on being able to create new narratives, new visions. Uh, so this is something that we should allow ourselves this. And I think, again, I'm, I'm just repeating what uh, what what we just said, that this is about the issue of collective imagination, really, really to 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 allow ourselves to, 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 to get a new experience of meeting other people also through technologies and, and, and through media and, and then to, to build, build up new stories, to build up new visions. I think that we, we need new narratives. And this is also, again, back to, the, back, to the, back to your question about the coronavirus situation. So I think that this is a really important moment because the, the story hasn't been written yet. We are still writing the story of it. And we are also the writing the story of the climate change. And, and as you can see, when these two, uh, when these two uh, processes are happening, at, at the same time, the climate change just got somehow into the, into the background of, of, of things. But uh, it's still happening and it's been here. And, and, and just this morning, I just read on BBC the interview. Uh, actually, it's, it's an it's a audiovisual interview, but I just read a, a, a short transcript of it uh, of, of Greta Thunberg, who said that actually the, the global action towards uh, climate change is, is possible because it's been delivered uh, through the coronavirus. It, it, coronavirus just has shown us that, the, that there, there can be actually uh, a political discussion held uh, on, a, on a global level uh, if something is happening uh, on a global scale and it's threatening, uh, it's threatening the, the humankind in a way. And so, so this is this is one maybe one of the narratives that we should we should kind of uh, we should kind of work with and to elaborate further. If if we have still a second or two, uh, I just happened to think of another type of uh, you know heat we, we've already discussed all those you know the climate change heat uh, the the sweat uh, but we also uh, came across this blaze and the zeal that we have in this critical discussion on uh, and there's uh, another as as you Jan, called it deus ex machina and it's actually not distant it actually will happen just maybe few minutes maybe few hours away and that's the heat of the dance floor i maybe maybe that's a symbolic ending because if you imagine heat as a thing that is simply emitted by the moving bodies, by this utopia of uh, the, um, the club music, you can, we, we can think of you know the early techno music and its utopian or dystopian aspects. We can we can we can think of the rave music. We can think of uh, industrial music. All those sources of uh, uh, you know amazing uh, sound and uh, and motion experiences, they have political undertones and or maybe even political basis they are not just here to entertain us they are here for us to actually physically share you know the heat and the space together and, and 
like maybe the, my my yeah yeah my my final point here would be and thank you Václav for this would be the heat that I immediately imagined is the heat of the human touch is the because I have very cold feet and cold hands and always my family is really like kind of scared when I'm touching someone <laughs> so it's a human touch this is the heat of human touch and and and, uh, and a pandemic and the situation showed us that we need this touch and we need as Václav said that to show emotions to go through all of the crisis that we are now facing and we are talking about through touching through embracing each other and through embracing that we have the fear and through embracing the imagination and these new visions I, I very much believe in this. So probably we are going back to Bifo Berardi and uh, new eroticism and poetry as Václav was mentioning before. Okay, I think our time is up. Uh, thank you both a lot. Thanks to the audience. And, thank uh, you guys. Enjoy the upcoming heat. Thank you and let's dance. <laughs> let's touch. <laughs> <laughs> This episode was produced by the studio of new aesthetic, FAMO. Dramaturgy by Martin Tuchny. Editing by Max Weit. Sound design by Daniel Vlček. Our Instagram is taken care of by Zuzana Markita Matskova, host of the show, Ezra Šimek. Special thanks to Andrea Pruchova-Hruzova, Václav Janoščík, and Jen Kratochvil. We'd also like to thank Archa Theatre for having us. Follow us on Instagram at ufn.com minus podcast.